You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, welcome again to our broadcast today as we continue with our teaching, Victory Thinking. Okay, yeah, this is a very important topic. And I believe that even as you master this area of your life, you're going to see more of God's promises fulfilled in your life. Many people have this idea that if, it is, if God wants to do something, He will just do it. They don't uh, seem to see that we have also a role to play in the manifestations and the fulfillment of God's promises in our lives. And so because of that, everybody thinks, okay, wow, well, God is sovereign, so He will just do everything. He will just make things happen. He will just make His will happen. But Yes, inasmuch as he is sovereign and he's all powerful and he has the capability to do everything without our involvement. Make no mistake about that. He has that ability, he has that power. But he has chosen to involve us. He has chosen to involve us in how he does things. Okay, so we need to be sure that we um, develop this mindset, we need to develop this thinking. If we want God to, um, if we want God to move in our lives, I want to experience, experience victory in every area of our lives. All right. So I want us to see something here from the book of Numbers. Remember the scripture we've been reading from Numbers chapter thirteen. An important uh, passage here. Um, Moses had sent this the the. 12 spies to go and spy the land of Canaan and to come back with a report. And we know the kind of report that they came back with. Let's read it again. Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. Then Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehon, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came up to Hebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai. And the descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Okay, yeah. So these people came, they came to the valley of Eshkol, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. <laughs> one cluster of grapes. The branch with the cluster of grapes, they carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. 
So you see here, the size of the grapes was significant. I don't know, I've not heard of anywhere else where they have this kind of grapes. Imagine a cluster of grapes, a cluster of grapes being carried on a pole between two people. This is something we normally put in a small bowl, you know, the grapes that we eat today. I'm sure that those guys see the grapes we eat today, it's like a joke. What is this? You know, how grapes maybe to them look like peanuts. I don't know. But I'm telling you, these guys where God was giving them a land, a land that was well cultivated, prepared, and made ready for them. Was made ready for them. So that's the land that we're talking about here. Okay? And so these people, they had a mindset. They had a mentality. They had a way of thinking that hindered them from enjoying these grapes. <laughs> the, the way of thinking hindered them from getting into this land. And so I want to say this, that there's a way, the way you think is important. If, you want, if you're going to experience victory in your life, you need to have what I call victory thinking. You need to have what I call victory thinking. A victory thinker is a person that sees victory in every opposition. He sees victory in every resistance. He sees victory in every challenge. He sees victory, you know, in every situation, every negative situation. He sees something positive there. All right. So let's not live our lives with the notion that everything in life is supposed to be smooth sailing. No, it's, it's okay to have challenges. It's okay to, to face opposition. And we established that last week. It's okay no, to, 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 to face giants. It's okay. And don't run away from them. Don't run away from them. Remember that if God allows you to face something, it's because he has seen that right there in you, right in you, lies the, the, the victory in potential form. Okay, God has invested in potential form victory in every single one of us. So we need to have a mind that considers what God has done. Have a mind that, look, that, that looks at God's word and sees what God has said. There is no way you can walk with God and be a failure. It's not possible. Whether it's in ministry, whether it is in business, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your studies, you might face temporary setbacks, and that's okay. That's okay. All those setbacks have a purpose. They are there to, to help you. They're going to help you in many ways. Okay. So, um, let, let, these, these people, all right, they came there, and the Bible says in verse 27, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruits. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Okay. 
Yes, the city is fortified. Amazing. Incredible. Yes. So we see here that these people are giving a report. They are giving a report of the land, are giving a report of what, um, what they saw. All right. But they went beyond. They crossed the line in terms of even the, the way they reported, the way they reported what they saw. You know that even today in journalism, there is the, it, it, it's, you, can, you can have five journalists look at, a, look at a particular situation and then they report it. They can report it in a way that you will be amazed if you were there. Sometimes you'll be amazed. It's like, how did you come up with this kind of report from this situation? So we see that happening all the time. The enemy is an expert at twisting and reporting things, reporting life situations in a way that will make you a victim. He's an expert at that. And so that's what he was doing, playing with their minds, playing with their minds, and unfortunately they fell for it. And they didn't realize that the enemy was playing, playing with their minds, playing with their imaginations, and so on. Okay, so as a victory thinker, you have to develop you have to develop the capacity, the capability, and the skills to think as a, to think as a victor, not a victim. You have to be, be able to build your, your, your mental capacity in such a way that you never see defeat. You never accept defeat. You, 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 can, you can experience setbacks, but they're always temporary. It's like in the case of Paul. He wanted to go preach. And he says, Satan hindered us, okay? There was a hindrance, but eventually he got there, all right? So the fact that, the fact that you're delayed or you're hindered does not mean you should get frustrated and now give up. We are so quick to get frustrated, and I don't know why. We must stop that, and we must grow up and start living like true victors that God has made us into, okay? Yes. So... Victory comes from within. I want you to understand that. Victory comes from within. Not necessarily from without. Not necessarily from without. So if, if you're going to overcome something, you, it, it comes from within you. It has to be what, what you are made of. It has to be what you are made of. And God has already done that within you. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Okay, through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. So He has invested in us whatever it takes for you to be on top. Whatever it takes for us to reach the ends of the earth. Okay, whatever it takes for us to, to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. Whatever it takes for us to reach every nation in our generation. He has given that to us. He has given that to us. It is there. It is there. We will face setbacks, but hello. Yes. Every setback. Remember last week we say even the giants are for our nourishment. Even the challenges are for our nourishment. Yes. So he wants us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So what does that mean? What we have within us is what it takes to reach every nation. He has given it to us already. 
All right? So let's not be distracted by what is going on. Let's not be distracted by the, by the, um, the giants. And these people, that was a mistake they made. That was a mistake they made. They became victims and they upset the Lord so much. In chapter 14, in chapter 14, there we saw that these people at the point wanted to even stone um, Moses and Aaron. <laughs> they wanted to stone them, you know, because they were so convinced that Moses had connived with God to come and destroy them. And that's how far, how far wrong thinking can drive you into thinking that people who are supposed to be of good to you, you will start thinking that they are enemies. You would, it, would, it will cause you to start seeing the wrong things about the right people. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I, I want us to, I want us to, Take time and look at a few principles. I want to show us a few principles about victory thinking and give, you, give us uh, some examples, okay? In fact, one of, the, one of the people I would like us to look at is someone like Isaac. Isaac was a victory thinker. Isaac was a victory thinker. Uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 26. In Genesis chapter 26 there, we see that there is an account there's an account there about Isaac. We know Isaac was the son of, of Abraham, you know. Yes. So, um, in chapter 26 of, of Genesis, the Bible says in verse 1, that there was famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerah. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerah. All right, so there was famine in the land. Now, famine is not a good thing. By all standards, it's really not a pleasant time. It's a time of, of difficulty. Season of famine, a time of famine is a time of lack. It's a time of great need. It's a time of, of, um, of um, deep, deep um, and and, and uh, deep and harsh time, okay? Yes, harsh situations. We, people experience harsh situations because there's lack of food, there's lack of water, there's lack of so much, okay? The things that you normally get in the times of farming, you won't get, 
All right. So people during the times of famine are fighting for the bare necessities of life. There's no such thing as luxuries during the times of famine. All right. For the for, for, for majority of the people. All right. So there was famine. There was famine in the in the land of the Philistines in Gera. And Isaac was there. Isaac was there. He had it in mind to go to Egypt because there was famine in the days of Abraham. And Abraham went to Egypt. He went to Egypt. He was there for some time before he came back. Okay. So Isaac obviously knew that his father took, made that move when there was famine. So in his mind, he was going to make the same move to go to Egypt. But God spoke to him. The Lord appeared to him and told him not to go down to Egypt. But the Lord said, stay in the land. You see, in the midst of famine, God says, stay there. So that's why I'm saying that sometimes, sometimes you might be in God's will and it would be famine. <laughs> you might be in God's will, but it might, you might be facing lack, but it's, you are in God's will. So the idea that if you're in God's will, everything will work out just fine is not true to Scripture. Yeah, it's not true to Scripture. So you can be in God's will. And like in Isaac's situation, there was famine, but God says, stay there. Stay there. Exercise your faith. Put your trust in me even there. See yourself as a victor over the, the situation. There might be famine, but think as a victor over that situation and remain there and watch and see what God will do. Watch and see how God brings to pass a fulfillment of his word. Watch, stay there until God begins to give you inspiration. Stay there until God begins to speak to you and begins to open your eyes to show you what to do in the midst of famine. Because in the midst of famine, that's where God begins to bring creativity. Well, that's one of the benefits of, of, of facing harsh situations. It compels you to be creative. It compels you to begin to bring out all those, um, all those abilities that have been lying dormant within you. They start coming out. All right. So God uh, tells him to remain there. And so Isaac dwelt there. He remained there. And I want to skip down, skip Skip to verse 12. Okay. Verse 12. It says, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Okay. He stayed there. He obeyed God. He stayed there. And he served. And he continued to plow. And he continued to sow. Remember, it was an agricultural economy. So they needed water. They needed Rain, they needed, you know, but that because God has spoken, Isaac remained there and he sowed in that land. He sowed in that land, and then the Bible says that he reaped a hundredfold, and he says, Lord blessed him. Then the man began to prosper and continue prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds. And a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. The Philistines were in the same land, facing the same conditions, exposed to the same situation, and yet they could not have, they could not produce the same kind of results 
that Isaac was producing. What happened here? Isaac was able to translate, to translate the word of God. He, he was able to translate the word of God into tangible manifestations, into tangible results. Into He was able to translate the word of God. <laughs> that, what was that word? Stay there. <laughs> okay. Don't go to Egypt. Stay there. I will bless you right here. So he stayed there. He didn't cross his hands and just sit down waiting for God to bless him. No, no, no. He put his hands on the plow. He put his hands to the plow and began to work, began to sow. He began to, um, to labor, okay? He began to work hard. In the midst of adverse situations, he was working hard. So everything was against him. The entire environment was against him. It was famine. And not only that, the people, the people were not friendly to him. They began to envy him as they saw God blessing the works of his hands. They saw him begin to increase. So these people, they, be, they, be, they began to envy him. Now verse 15 says, Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they have filled them with earth. They had destroyed all the businesses that Abraham had established. <laughs> let me let me use that terminology. Yeah, the well, wells were important in those days. They still are today. You know, wells, because remember, it's an agricultural economy, so they need water all the time. Water to feed the flocks, water to, um, for irrigation, water to, eat, uh, to drink, water for food, water to bathe, and so on. So it was important, and uh, uh, Abraham had labored in that same land. He had dug wells, his servants had dug wells, and then these Philistines came, they covered everything, blocked everything. So uh, uh, Isaac, the Bible says that, um, let, let, let's, let's just go down. Let's read on verse 16. Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Go away. We, we, we can't compete with you. Imagine a whole nation <laughs> envying one man. But that is, that is what will happen when you develop this kind of mindset and you maintain the kind of relationship you should have with God and continue to walk according to his statutes, according to his word. And I'm telling you, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. All right. So, then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and dwelt there. Verse 18. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he called them by the names which his father had called them. So the Philistines, after Abraham died, they, they covered those wells. Oh, who knows what their motives were? Maybe, you know, to, for safe passage, maybe they were, they were using the land and they didn't want people to fall into it. We don't know. We don't know, but whatever reason is, whatever the reason is, the wells were, were, 
were stopped. They were covered with earth. And Isaac dug again the wells. Okay? So what, am I, what, what, what are we seeing here about Isaac? He did not have the kind of, the kind of thinking that would make him surrender. He did not have the kind of thinking that would make him give up. He did not have the kind of thinking that would say, oh, well, you know, oh, sorry, you know, it's too bad. The well has been, it's, it, it's, it's been covered with earth. Now what are we going to do? Let's, let's just go and fast and pray. Maybe God can open the well. No, he didn't have that kind of thinking. What did he do? He dug again. He dug again. So even if the enemy seems to have gained ground, what do you do? As a victory thinker, you go again. You go for it. You fight. You fight that spirit that is trying to discourage you. You fight that spirit that is telling you to throw in the towel. You fight that spirit that is telling you that you are not capable. You fight it. Fight it. And that's the kind of mindset that Isaac had. All right. So he dug it again. He dug the wells again. No. Then verse 19. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. They found a well of running water. Uh, but then the herdsmen of Gerah quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also. So he called the name Sitna and he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. Because he said, for the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. And let me say this. This is a prophetic word to us as a church. You know, we've dug wells. We've dug several wells in Midran. I'm telling you. Yeah, we've dug several wells in Midran. Those of you who have been around for a while, you know. Yes, we dug a well at Protea. Huh. And then after some time, we dug a well. We dug a well at, uh, uh, at, at Vodawal then, you know. We dug a well. <laughs> we dug a well. There's, there's a place. What's, what's the name of that place again? I've forgotten now. It's been a while. Um, um, it's a lodge that we were using. We dug a well there. No? We dug a well there. And after some time, we dug a well, we dug a well and, um, in Davina, all right, Davina Street. We dug a well there, you know, we dug a well there. And the enemy came and he robbed us of that place. We didn't make a fight about it, even though legally we had the right, but we didn't make any fight. And we left that place again. And then we dug another well. At Altron Conference Center, we dug a well there. And guess what? <laughs> we had to leave that place again. And then we dug a well in cyberspace, <laughs> virtual world, which we, are, which we are using right now. Another well we've dug. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, but there is 
no victim mentality. We're not saying we didn't get discouraged and say, oh, well, we're going to throw in the tower, give up. No, no, no. <laughs> the promise of God, right within, right deep down, is so strong. And we continue. We bounce back again. Hallelujah. And some people fall by the wayside who don't have a victory thinking or victory mentality or who are, you know, somehow maybe they, maybe they are not supposed to be part of that journey at this phase. For whatever reason, it doesn't really matter and it's, there's nothing, nothing against anybody for any whatever reason. But the point is that, you know, there are... Uh, there are people who have got the same spirit of, as Isaac, which we've been moving with. All right. Yeah. The same spirit as Isaac. He's a, he's a victory thinker. Hallelujah. His mindset is a mindset that never gives up. Never gives up. My Lord. Huh. So, but now we've dug another well. We're about to. We're about to step somewhere. In fact, you know, the place that we got right now, we got right now as a church, we once dug a well there as well. But now we're back to that place. Glory to God. And now we can confidently say, we can confidently say Rehoboth because he has now made room for us. The Lord has now made room for us in the city. Glory to God. He's provided a place for us. Why? Because we didn't give up. We didn't give up after. We didn't give up after Protea. We didn't give up after Vodewall. We didn't give up. We didn't give up after um, the, the Lodge. We didn't give up after Divina. We didn't give up after Ultron. <laughs> In fact, we didn't give up after Constantia. Hallelujah. But now we are back. So we see here, this is, I love, I love the kind of spirit that Isaac had. He wasn't quarrelsome. No, he wasn't a quarrelsome person. But why? He had, he knew that he had a covenant with God. He knew he had heard God. He had heard God and so he stuck to his guns. And if I, if I have to give up something, it's okay, you know. Why? Because what I'm giving up is less than what God has invested in me. Come on. Yes. So you might have lost something. Don't stay. Don't camp there and start mourning there and, you know, and start, and start weeping and trying to find a way to go back. No, no. Don't be like that. Be like Isaac. Be like Isaac who moved on. Dog again. Start afresh. In other words, you know, you know what it means to dig again? You, you're starting afresh because the time you move, you, you lose some people. You lose some credibility. You lose some, some faith. You know, some people lose faith in you. or Whatever. People have different things they can say about you because you have moved. Because you move, uh, you move from one, one place to the other because the enemy has taken um, as it were, one well. <laughs> so you move, you move. And I'm telling you, as you continue like that, you see that the Lord is going to start fulfilling his word. And I love how um, verse, 20, verse 22 ends. He says, he says, 
He called the name Rehoboth because he said, and this is what I'm saying, and I'm declaring this over each and every one of us. I'm declaring this over us, even as a family. Yes, as a spiritual family, I'm declaring this. For the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Come on, say that. I will be fruitful in the land. Why? Because the Lord has made room. He has made room for us. Yes, he has made room for us. All the ups and downs, it's, it's okay. Each and every one of those places built something in us. Each and every one of those developed a certain capacity in us. All right? Develop a certain capacity in us. Every challenge that we face has made us better, has added value to us. It has not taken from us. No, no. They cannot take from us. That which is yours is yours. Instead, they've contributed to make us better, to make us a better people. Yes. So, that is the spirit. That is, a, that is a victory thinker. I love Isaac. I love the way he handled this situation. And he continued. And from there we knew. And we know he became, I mean, he became great. Exceedingly great. And even for eternity, his name is, is there in heaven's hall of fame. Why? Because he remained a victory thinker. Remain a victory thinker. So that's how. That's how I want you to. I want you to approach life. I want you to approach ministry. I want you to approach business. I want you to approach marriage. I want you to approach relationships. I want you to approach your studies. I want you to approach whatever mission. Approach the Great Commission. Approach missions. Approach evangelism. Have a victory mindset. That will do you lots of good. It will do you good and it will help to advance the kingdom of God. We will see the kingdom of God like never before. Hallelujah! Because we've been able to maintain maintain that kind of thinking. That kind of thinking. I want to say this, you know, that there are certain there are certain Qualities, there are certain benefits of facing resistance, facing opposition, facing restraint. Okay, restraint that is not from God. If the restraint is not from God, but it's permitted by God, all right, might not be from, from God, but it's allowed by God. It's allowed by God. Why? Because God has seen that this can be a tool in His hands. Oh, this can be a tool. This can help to shape to shape you in one way or the other. So God allows that. All right? So God allows that. So I have a few benefits that, are, that I, want to, I, want to, um, I want to put before you right now. Why? Why should I maintain a victory mindset even when, even when I am faced with what I consider impossible, what I consider um, overwhelming, maybe an overwhelming situation. 
maybe an overwhelming opposition. Maybe the environment doesn't favor me. You might be like that. You might be that, that kind of person thinking that way. But I want to give you, I want to give you a few points that maybe will inspire you to cultivate um, a victory mindset. Okay. Number one point is that when you face that opposition, whether it's a giant, whether it's the environment where everybody is hostile towards you, or whether it is a situation where it's like hell is, has been set loose against you, and you feel that the whole world is against you. Remember, always remember this, and never forget, one with God is majority. One with God is majority. I heard that statement several years ago in my teenage years, and I've never forgotten that. One with God is majority. All right? So always remember that as long as you are on God's side, because when you are faced with a situation, you need to now decide what side you're going to be on. Make sure you're on God's side. And once you're, you're, you, you've made certain that you're on God's side, then it doesn't matter who is against you. It doesn't matter if the whole world is against you as long as you're on the same side with God. It's okay. So one with God is majority. That thinking is important. It will help you. It will help you. And that's what has helped me over the years. And I'm sure many of you have got your own testimonies and experiences. All right? of how you got through. You didn't even know how you could make it, but then you found yourself on the other side. All right? So, um, bear that in mind. Then, you also need to bear in mind that you have a predetermined, okay? Predetermined and pre-established victory. You have it already in Christ. So it's already, he has fought it for you. He has defeated it for you. Okay? And right there in Christ, the Bible says, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. So it has been done already for you. So bear that in mind. Okay? Bear that in mind. And if you have, if you have that in mind, there's nothing that should be able to overwhelm you. You might not be able to figure out how, but understand, understand that God has gone ahead of you. All right? He has gone ahead of you. So why is, why is it, why is it um, that God allows us to face opposition? Why does he allow us to face um, um, resistance? and restrictions from the enemy, and harassment from the enemy, and, and adversity from the enemy, and all that. Why? Number one, it helps you to grow. It helps you to grow. So there is a kind of growth that took place in Isaac. There's a kind of growth that took place in Isaac after he overcame each opposition, each resistance. There is... There is a level of growth that took place within him. 
Okay? So it's an opportunity for growth. Never forget that. All right? So when you see a situation, when you see a situation that is overwhelming, don't think, oh my God, I'm finished. No, 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 no. That's a, that's, that's a defeatist mentality. You, you shouldn't have that. So when you see something that's overwhelming, your default thinking should be, oh my goodness, this is an opportunity for me to outgrow this situation because the greater one is in me. The greater one is in me. So he is going to put me over this situation. So let me see how that is going to happen. You see? So that's a different way to approach, to approach opposition, to approach obstacles, to approach barriers, to approach resistance, and so on. So you need, you need to think that way. If you think that way, I'm telling you that you are on your way. You are on your way to mastering this area of thinking, a victory mindset. Number two, when you see this, it is also an opportunity for you to harness your potential. This is, a, this is the opportunity for you to unlock that predetermined and pre-established victory that Jesus got for you. All right? Yes. It is. I'm telling you. There is something I used to do um, as a teenager, and I still do that up till now. You know, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. He says, it is, and nevertheless I live. Okay? He says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And he says, the life which I now live, I live by faith, in, 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 by the faith of the Son of God. Okay? It is no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives in me. Okay? So that is, that, it, that is the mentality, that is the mindset that has helped me through many, many overwhelming situations. So I look at that situation and I say, oh, it is not me. It is no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. So it is Christ that is facing this situation through me. So that, that thinking is important. So let that be a default. Let that, let that be a default setting in you. That it is no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me. You see, yes. So if I'm facing a mountain, think about it. Is there any mountain that Jesus cannot handle? Is there any situation that Jesus cannot handle? No, there isn't. So, you need to start thinking that way. Stop de detaching yourself from Christ. Stop seeing yourself separate from Christ because that's when you get defeated. All right? So this is an opportunity for you also. It is also, the, th the, the third thing is that it is an opportunity for you to unlock the Christ that is in you. Hallelujah. So the, the ability, the the, the victories that Jesus won. This is the time for Jesus to repeat those victories through your life. And 
I'm telling you, this thing I've shared with you has helped me over the years, over the years. I've used this same, this same principle to overcome many temptations. I've used this same principle to overcome many challenges, many situations. There are times that the temptation is so, so intense. But then I go back to Galatians 2.20 and I say, it is no longer I that live but it is Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. And I say, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, you overcame. You faced. You were tempted at all points without sin. And so in the same way, right now, I want you to live the same victory that you gained 2,000 years ago. I want you to live it through me, even as I face this situation. Now, have I always gotten it right? No, but I'm just telling you what has helped me. <laughs> what has helped me in to get out of very difficult situations. Very difficult situations. But it's a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking that would help you. Help you to get out of whatever um, mess it is. Okay? Then another point you need to bear in mind is that when you face resistance, when you face opposition, it helps to develop humility in you. It helps you, I'm telling you, yes. You know, because when you are, when you are um, surrounded by the enemy, that's not the time to be pompous. That's not the time to be inflated and arrogant. No, that's the time to say, oh Lord, help me, Jesus. Yeah, you humble yourself. You, you, you develop humility in the midst of, of challenges, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of opposition, in the midst of adversaries, adversities, and so on. Just like Paul, you know. A messenger of Satan was, was sent to Paul. Can you imagine that? <laughs> so that he could remain humble. Why? Because he had the potential he had the potential to be so proud and lifted up by reason of his abilities, by reason of his experiences with God, by reason of his encounters and revelations and so on. Yeah. So uh, God allowed the messenger of Satan to, um, to surround him. Yes. And not only that, you also, develop, you, also, you also develop the potential for greater victories. Remember the case of David? After he overcame uh, after he defeated the lion, the bear. Then Goliath was an easy one for him, you see. So yes, when you face, when you face this kind of situation, guess what? You are set up. You are setting yourself for a, another victory and another victory and another victory. So don't ever think that a situation has come to destroy you and to finish you. It cannot. It doesn't have that ability unless you surrender, unless you throw in the tower, unless you give up. If you give up, then there's no way you can be a victor. No. But then if you decide to say, I am going to face this with God on my side, and no, I'm on the winning side. And no, Nobody might understand me. Everybody might be against me. But I just know that because I'm on the same side with God, victory is 
guaranteed. My victory is guaranteed. I might have made mistakes here and there. It's okay. Yes, I'm human, but hey, I'm not just a I'm, just, I'm not just an ordinary human. I'm a supernatural being because my humanity coupled with God's divinity. Ooh, what a combination. That's a winning combination. My inability coupled with God's ability. Oh my goodness. Nobody can defeat that. Hmm? My lack coupled with God's abundance. Whew, you can't beat that. My weakness Coupled with God's strength, you can't beat that. Hallelujah. So it's endless. The possibilities are endless. But many, many victories and even defeats take place in the mind first. So that's why you must master that area. Master that area. Okay, our time is up. I have to round up right now. But I want, I want to pray for you. God will really help you to master this area. I don't want anyone, nobody listening to me, watching this broadcast. I don't want anyone, not one of you, okay, to be defeated, to, to, to throw in the towel and to surrender to the enemy. No, he doesn't deserve that. And he knows, he knows he knows what God has invested in you. He knows that God has great things in store for you. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. To bring you to an expected end. Jeremiah 29, 11. So God has already figured it out. And I used to say, God has already fixed the match. You just go into the ring and fight, but the results have already been determined. Hallelujah. All you are told is just go in and fight. It's, been, it's a fixed match. So no matter what, no matter, no matter how many knocks you receive, you have won already. <laughs> Hallelujah. So go in with that kind of mindset. Have that kind of mentality. Think like that. I'm a victory thinker. I don't know about you. So I want to pray for you. Father, pray for my brother, my sister, watching this broadcast, listening to me right now. I pray, oh Father, that you give them the ability, oh God, to master this area, to become victory thinkers, to become people that cannot be defeated. Hallelujah. My God, help them. Help them, oh God. In whatever area the enemy has played games and caused defeat, Right now, I ask, oh God, for those areas to be reclaimed. The wells that have been stopped, my God, let them not give up. Let them not surrender. The same spirit that was in Isaac, the same spirit that was in Caleb and Joshua, the same spirit that was in David, the same spirit that was in Moses, the same spirit, hallelujah, that was in the early church. With all your saints, my God, I ask you, let it be poured out right now. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Now, uh, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you. Okay? We pray for you right now that you would receive him into your heart. That's, that's where victory begins. It begins with settling 
your eternal destiny. And Jesus is the one that has paid for it. And you can receive it by faith. And you don't need to do much. Just exercise your faith. Believe in him. Invite him into your heart. And he will come in. So just say this after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for laying your life down for me. I believe in you. I surrender to you. I invite you into my heart. Come in as my Lord and my Savior. Wash away my sins. Make me a new person. Cause me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Let your kingdom come in my life. Let your will be done as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I pray, pray for my brother, my sister, who has just prayed this prayer. Lord, I ask, oh God, a manifestation of your kingdom in their lives, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for the new creation, the reality of the new creation in their lives and in their hearts. I declare their sins forgiven, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Give them the joy of salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Now, before we go, we want to take our offering. If you've given already, God bless you. I want you to, I want you to give, give in faith, give in love, be motivated by the love for God, for his kingdom as you give. And we're trusting God. We're trusting God. God has blessed us with the good beautiful property so i'm trusting god as you give give generously and, and, and uh, in, in the next few weeks we will be in our own home hallelujah glory to god so father i pray for your your people as they give right now i speak oh god i speak your blessing over them oh god the blessing that goes with giving the blessing that goes with supporting your work the blessing that goes with tithing, oh God, and offerings, the blessing that goes with that, let it be released over their lives in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, let doors open. Let opportunities come their way. Let there be increase. Let there be favor. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, increase and bless the works of their hands. Just like you blessed Isaac in the time of famine, in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. I ask that you would bless them as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you real good. Thank you so much. Please share the word. Share it with your friends, your family. And uh, let us hear from you what God is doing in your life through this broadcast. God bless you. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www dot every nation